Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Keith Jensen. Keith, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Keith is the Chief Marketing Officer of Brightfin and the Portfolio Chief Marketing Officer at Periscope Equity. He specializes in end-to-end marketing solutions. Excited to have you on. Keith, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, uh, personal life is is simple. Uh, it's very little of it. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of work, but my wife and I live out in San Diego, California. Uh, we have a dog that we love like a child. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just a, a lot of work. Love what I do. Been in marketing for almost 20 years now and uh, can't imagine it any other way. Nice. So tell us about your work with Brightfin. So it's interesting. I mean, I've, a lot of my history comes in uh, marketing for healthcare organizations and uh, technology, software, but a lot, most of the time related in some way to, to health and safety and that type of thing. And, uh, and Brightfin is totally different. It's, a, it's an IT expense management company, and I had no idea what that meant. Um, and essentially what I learned was okay, you got these really huge organizations like, you know, Adidas and Volkswagen, which are clients of ours. And, you know, imagine they've got a company cell phone policy where, you know, directors and above get cell phones. Well, think about how many people that is spread across how many areas. And every cell phone has a carrier plan. Have you ever looked at your AT&T or Verizon plan? Like, do you, do you think you could decipher what you're actually getting billed for, you know, and whether you use, I mean, everyone just pays it. Right. And then think about how many times you've had a cell phone that's company issued sitting right next to your personal one and you never use it. Right. And so um, one of the things that Brightfin does, which I think is the easiest to understand who for someone who's never really gotten into the telecom expense management space is that we help manage those tens of thousands of cell phones, mobile devices, uh, IOT, internet of things, everything that kind of floats around uh, that has a carrier plan attached to it from like AT&T or Verizon, that could be, you know, billing you money. And we help you see it all in one platform. We help you save money by being, you know, by going, oh, uh, this, these 50 people under, they only went five minutes into their plan. Let's, instead of let instead of before the, the quarter or the, the month closes and they're going to pay a hundred bucks for each of these, let's bring it down. So they only pay 10, you know? So in, in almost every case, we save our company, our, our customers more money than they pay us, which is great. Um, we also do the same type of thing for uh, fixed assets, like uh, hardwire phones, uh, cloud environments like AWS. So um, it's interesting. It's, 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 I'd say interesting. It's interesting to me because now I'm in it and I, I, I love it and I've, I've connected to it, but uh, I can, I can understand why it'd be very uninteresting to a lot of people. It's just, it's fascinating to your point. It's like, I didn't even realize this was a thing. And then you dig into right. it and you're like, my goodness, look at all the opportunities to help companies save money and become more efficient. So um, what what size company are you marketing to? Who is who is the end user? Typically they're, they're enterprise or larger mid-market companies, typically 500 million in revenue and above. Um, 
Yeah, like like I said, when you if you line up, we just opened a new office in in Denver, and we did a kind of a, a big wall of logos, and it's impressive names. We've got a lot of big clients, and and they're they're great. Um, but we certainly do have have smaller ones that we're able to serve. You know, more on the emerging market side. Like if you have three, four, five hundred cell phones, you know, we can we can help you. That's typically the point where you start. Someone starts to go, oh my god, what am I going to do here? You know five people broke their phone. These two people were asking me about upgrades to their uh, plan. You know, these other people uh, just got hired. Two people quit and we don't know how to wipe their device, right? Like that's that kind of inflection point of a few hundred is typically where somebody starts pulling their hair out and starts looking for a company like Brightfin. Nice. And Periscope Equity, that's a private equity company. And you, so- Walk me through what's what, what's going on there. Is it is it a portfolio of companies that you're working with, all, all, all the companies that are backed by Periscope, and you're helping them with their marketing as well? That's right. And I've done this for um, a few private equity groups. Um, another one was Wad Capital Partners. Um, but essentially, uh, what's happening is that private equity groups, which are um, investment firms, right? They are investing in companies to grow them. And then eventually after five, six years, they will sell them. Um, sometimes it'll be to, you know, uh, another private equity firm that's going, okay, great. You guys grew them from 30 million in revenue to hundred million in revenue. Now another private equity firm is going to go, we're going to invest in them at hundred million and grow them to 500 million or take them public. Um, and so what a lot of private equity firms are doing is they're investing in portfolio operations is what they're calling it. And um, when they have, let's say a, a private equity group owns or has invested in five companies, that's their portfolio of companies, right? And they're, you know, they're going, okay, we borrowed money from people to invest in these companies and with the thesis that we are going to grow them over a short period of time, right? With an injection of our capital and our expertise, we can grow them exponentially. And so now they have to execute on that. And um, a lot of the, the forward-thinking private equity firms are uh, looking at a portfolio operations group, which is essentially um, not an investment team, not the typical folks that are going, hmm, which company should we invest in and, and all that. It's a separate team that is more operations focused. They're they're coming in once the investment is made and saying, okay, now we own this, uh, you know, telecom expense management company like Brighton. Um, what resources, what playbooks can we put in place? Um, you know, oh, uh, what what marketing resource can we have come help them out for a few months to to make sure they have the right marketing leader? And that's typically what I'll I'll do is I'll uh, for a part of my time I will um, work across the portfolio of companies that Periscope invests in, and I'll I'll help them and say, you know, do we have the right marketing strategy in place? You know, what about technology? You know, tech stack. Are we using the right ABM platform? Forum? Do we even uh, you, do we need to do get Google AdWords? Do we have the right dashboards in place? Um, you know, is the right marketing team in place with the right structure? Uh, so I'll help them put all that in, and then you know, uh, coach along the way and help share best practices among the groups. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. So you've been doing this for almost twenty years or twenty plus years, um, a, a good little while. As yeah. as as you get the opportunity to sit down with with one of these portfolio companies. How, how, uh, I don't know what the exact question is. I imagine a lot of the challenges are similar, but a lot of them are different B2B versus B2C kind of a thing. Yeah. 
what, yeah. what, what does that first conversation look like? You know, I always like to go in with a little bit of data. So I'll go to, you know, the publicly available uh, sites, you know, subscription to sites like SEMrush and things like that, where I can go in and go, all right, how's their SEO been tracking? You know, how are they doing against competitors in terms of amount of keywords? Are they running anything on, on Google ads, you know, a, a pay-per-click? A lot harder to find out if they're doing any specific account-based marketing through a company like a Terminus or anything like that. But um, but I'll go in with some kind of get a, a little bit of historical data just to get a better understanding of like, is their site performing, you know, to the way it should? Um, and then, yeah, you're right. It's, it's completely segmented based and the path goes differently if they are a B2B company. Uh, are they targeting, you know, small, is it quick transactions, you know, low uh, average uh, value of the, the actual transaction. So like, if you think about a, um, a company I worked with that was in like the training space, uh, a lot of times it might be three, $400 is the transaction. They could get that deal done in a couple hours. Sometimes, you know, uh, a team member reaches out, gets someone on the phone and then boom, makes the transaction. Whereas, you know, with Brightfin in some cases, it's a, it could be a six to nine month pipeline where you know you open up the op- opportunity and then you are talking with them and working through that that you know phase of contracting and negotiating and all that for a long time um and then there are certainly companies that are more b2c where yeah it's going to be uh, a different strategy you might invest more in things like adwords and um and and seo and it's not that seo wouldn't be you know important all around but um, with the B2B companies like, like a Brightfin, it's great if we rank for more keywords. That's fantastic. But the most important thing is getting in front of the people we care about. You think about, uh, well, let's even start at a company. Out of uh, you know, 100 companies, we may be a perfect fit for 10 of them based on like a tech stack. So as an example, a company that really, companies that gravitate towards Brightfin are companies that use another piece of software called ServiceNow. If you if your company is large and uses ServiceNow, there's like no it's like a no brainer why you, you use Brightman over any other group. It's it's we're, we're natively integrated. It's just a perfect fit. So what we try to do is we go okay out of all these companies, which of them use ServiceNow? Okay, so now you got a company, but at that company you've got tens of thousands of employees, and you go okay, who do we care about? Well, IT and finance. Okay, well who at IT and finance? Well. Uh, at IT, it's like managers and above and, you know, finance like directors and above, you know, and then we start honing in a little bit more and then we will run our ads so that they get just in front of the eyeballs of the people who work at the companies that we care about, you know, and that's account-based marketing. So um, yeah, depending on the type of business, B2C, B2B, you know, uh, the, the market they're going after, it, it varies, but um, with being around as long as I, I have, you certainly have you know, the kind of playbooks in, in place for, for whatever. Typically though, when you're working with uh, private equity groups, they will, you know, invest in similar type businesses. So um, a lot of, of uh, like with at Wad Capital, um, uh, I was on the, the healthcare side. So it was a lot of healthcare services businesses, a lot of companies like physical therapy, gastroenterology, dermatology, you know, individual locations kind of scattered around the country. That's a whole another challenge for search engine optimization. Now you got to figure out how to rank locally for, you know, dermatologists near me in 50 different cities, um, you know, versus like a, a Brightfin, which is software. And I don't have to worry so much about SEO in terms of like local SEO. I need to get 
in front of people who are searching for, you know, technology expense management or IT financial management. Um, and so, yeah, different strategies, but uh, the playbooks all exist at this point. That makes sense. How, how excited are you about, about the future of, of, of internet marketing of, and if you're talking to a young person, you say, you know, there's so many opportunities out there. You know, I, I think the idea of digital marketing um, has, has expanded so much. And I don't even think it's like, I don't know that I'm so much, it's not the excitement so much about digital marketing, but although digital marketing has opened so many possibilities, but um, I think the thing I get most excited about is when, you know, I have so many job opportunities because private to, to offer because private equity groups will invest in new companies. And now I come in and I go, okay, do we have the right people? And, you know, those companies are going to grow faster than they've ever grown before. So we're going to have to hire more. So I do a lot of interviewing for marketing professionals of, of all types and all kind of levels from, you know, hiring VPs down to hiring, you know, coordinators. Um, and the, the thing I get most excited about is, is exposing marketing professionals to a career path that they may be hadn't thought about. And I say that because most people, when they get out of college or finish a degree in marketing, they think about it as two paths. I can go to an agency, an ad agency, and I could work on a whole bunch of clients and they could be big names and blah, blah, blah. Or I can go internal to inside of a company and be like a marketing specialist or coordinator inside one company. Now, I think most gravitate to agencies. I did. I gravitated to agency because uh, it's, it's sexier. You get you know bigger logos and and you get differentiation of work and you get to work with a lot of creative people. Um, when you go internal, uh, it, it's crapshoot, right? If you if you have a, a a leader who's phoning it in or isn't uh, super excited about the job, you you could get stuck and it doesn't. It's not very exciting. Um, so I do think a lot of people gravitate to ad agencies. But here's the thing, you know, when I got out of college, I was, I really wanted to do uh, every, I I said, I want to think of the ads, I want to write them, and then I want to design them, right? And so I taught myself design programs and uh, read books about copywriting and, you know, went to school for some of that. And, um, and it was, it was hard to find a job at an ad agency that would let me do both, right? Like almost every ad agency is like, no, 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 you're a copywriter Hmm. or you're a graphic designer. You're either coming up with the ideas and someone else is designing them, or you are uh, designing someone else's idea. And both of those sounded like they sucked to me, you know, and I didn't (laughs) want to do that. So um, I got lucky. I ended up finding a really small ad agency that was like, geez, you want to do both? You know, God bless. We don't have to hire a few people. That that would be fantastic. Um, And uh, and so I worked there for a bit. It was fun. Got to do a lot of stuff. Got a a nice title early on of of like a creative director title early, which was was exciting coming out of college. But um, eventually I I got this opportunity to move in-house. And what I learned there was while at ad agencies, you are doing a lot of stuff for different clients, it's kind of the same thing in the sense that like you're pitching, you're coming up with a campaign, you're writing it, you're designing it, you're giving it to them. And then in most cases, you don't really see it so much anymore because you're moving on to the next and maybe you hear, oh, it's doing good or, but you don't, it's, I don't feel like it's as fulfilling. Um, Internally, what I found was interesting is that if you find the right company like I did, 
and you are and you want to learn new stuff they're they're like oh this is fantastic you know as much as as one person can do if they, if they can diversify their skill set it's a real benefit internally and so there were times where we would do campaigns once I went internal as a, a healthcare company, we would do ad campaigns and we would hire a photographer. And, um, and after a few years of that, you know, my boss came to me and he said, what would it take for you to learn how to do that? I was like, uh, a camera, a good camera and, um, and some lessons. And he's yeah. like, well, all right, we'll price it out. And ended up being like 20 grand. I got, you know, maybe seven, $8,000 worth of camera and some lessons and, Next year we were shooting the the you know the the campaigns and then it started getting into well, we got this camera we should do video started getting into learning video and you know now one of the things that I love being able to do for companies is come in and say okay like we can write design you know shoot video photography edit like it's all done internal um, and I love being able to like teach that to to marketing professionals but where, I'm sorry where I was going though was the career path. So I think always learning is important, like I just mentioned, but also when you're internal, if your company is a private equity portfolio company, there's an opportunity that a lot of marketers don't realize. Um, typically marketers will go, will think about their, their monetary opportunity as salary and bonus, right? Maybe if they go with a startup, which is risky, they might get equity. Right. Um, but other than that, there's not a whole lot of other avenues for for cash to come flowing in. Um, interesting part of private equity is that if you are a, if you are a marketing leader, if you get to the point where you can lead marketing at a private equity company, which could be a small company, private equity could invest in a, you know, not a startup, but, you know, maybe five years later, they're making, you know, five, ten million dollars like private equity might come in and, and absorb them. So. Let's say now you're a marketing director, kind of leading marketing for a private equity firm or a private equity portfolio company, and you do a good job. And five years later, that company sells for you know five times what that private equity firm invested in it. They're going to go, okay, we need that person to go work at our next company, you know. And I remember when I was my my first opportunity um, when a private equity firm was hiring me at one of their portfolio companies. They said in the interview, they said, uh do you think you might get bored with this in like a year or two? And I said, <laughs> I hope not, you know, I, I but I, I honestly don't know. How can I predict that? And they said, well, uh, if you do, don't quit. Uh, just, just come tell us, we'll put you in one of our other companies. Hmm. And it was at that point where I had worked in at private equity backed companies before, but it was at that point where it clicked where I was like, okay, this is a longer strategy, right? Like, get in, get in on the private equity side, and whether it's this private equity firm or others, they're always going to look for someone who understands how private equity works, understands the fast growth model, um, and can execute on it. And after a while, like they'll start giving you equity in those companies. If you're good enough, you know, it's, it's, if you can, if you go through one or two exits is what they call it, where you've been a marketing leader at a company that has sold for a, a good you know, a uh, profit, and then you do it again, you can go in and go, okay, I'll, yeah, I've worked at two companies that grew from 10 million to 50 million. And now I'm going to go, now you're a company offering to hire me and you make, and you're at a 10 million revenue. I'd like, I know I'm going to take a little drop in my salary and bonus than I was before, but 
I'd like some equity. If you guys sell for this amount of money, then I want this amount of money. And it's not a guarantee, but from what I've seen, you know, good private equity firms value talent. They value people who understand how to, to you know, make these companies efficient and how to make them make money, and they'll reward you for it. I love it. That certainly does make sense. How important are are are, are titles in the world of marketing? I don't think they're that important. Um, you know. I say that, but I've certainly fought for titles before. So I think, you know, now uh, maybe, maybe, you know, I've, I've had a, a chief marketing officer title a few times. So I think maybe I'm, I'm discounting the way I've, I felt before. Um, but look, there are times where uh, in the private equity world, there's a lot of mergers and acquisitions, right? And so one of the things a private equity firm may do is they may look at an, an industry and say, hmm, there are two or three companies that all do a similar thing all around the same you know, size. Maybe we should buy all three of those, merge them together into one and you know, uh, uh, make kind of a little bit of a superpower. All of a sudden now, instead of these three companies each being 10 million revenue, now they're one company that's 30 million and they're, they're a real player. Um, and at that point, when those types of things happens, you you have this marketing team joining with that marketing team, and the disparity of titles is wild, right? I mean, like someone is is a, a VP of marketing and one with less experience than a director of marketing at another. Uh, so I think um, I think maybe I I say that they're not important only because I think I discount I I, I don't really take them at face value anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe when you if you were to normalize five companies that were all the same size and they're larger, uh, you know, 100, 200 million or above in revenue, then yeah, maybe maybe the a director is more equal to a director or whatever. But the size companies that I often play in, you could have a, a really wide range of titles even without like a specific skill set. So um, I think it's, it's, it's nice to have from personal level, but, um, and it's good. It looks good on a resume, but ultimately I can think of at least 10 marketers who had good titles that uh, did not have, you know, the skills to back that title up. And, and that's really what it's all about is having the skills to back it up, whether you yeah. have the title or not. Makes sense. Keith, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Uh, I, it's always keep, always be learning. I mean, um, I, I would not be where I am today if I hadn't, oh, if I don't always want, I just always want to learn new stuff. And, um, I think some people always equate that to like read more books and maybe if that's your thing and, and that helps you learn great. I don't read a ton of books. Um, I've got probably a handful of books that I will reread because I love them so much. Uh, one of them is Switch by Chip and Dan Heath. If, if you don't, if you haven't read that in your marketing, you should. Um, actually, I mean, anybody should. I, I, it's more of a, of a psychology type book, but, um, but I think for marketers, it's, it's pretty brilliant. Um, but I, I'd say always be learning in the sense that uh, one of the things I like to do is get the marketing folks from the different companies that uh, are in our portfolio and and bring them together and have somebody do a knowledge sharing session. So somebody's an expert at Google AdWords and uh, let's do a session, let's record it, let's put it on a private Vimeo account where you know only our marketers are able to access it. And um, you know things like anyone who does design, 
you know, why, if you don't do video production, why, you know, why wouldn't you go learn after effects and, and premiere and just have, be dangerous enough to be able to crank out little social media videos? Because as you think about the, the needs of a company, like how amazing would it be if, if you could not only do the things that you're supposed to be doing, but also go, Hey, by the way, we can, instead of having, you know, a little post for this thing, let's just make a little video. It'll take me, you know, 20 minutes to animate the words coming in and it'll be, you know, get a little bit more attention online than a, than a static post. So um, I think always learning is, is just something that I've, I've uh, given as advice to so many marketers and, um, that's what I'd say as, as the one thing that makes a difference. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, Keith, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Um, if you want to connect with me, feel free to go to LinkedIn. Um, I'm on there, Keith Jensen, J E N S E N. Um, and uh, check out brightfin.com. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any <laughs> IT or finance professionals at enterprise organizations out there, but if there are, or anyone's dealing with, with concerns that uh, would be related to telecom expense management or IT financial management, uh, Brightfin is the way to go. It's brightfin.com. Love it. And if they're marketers who said that's interesting, I'd like to learn more about private equity, where would you point them? You know, it's not, it's not a widely uh, publicized thing quite honestly. Um, I'd say go to LinkedIn and connect with me and, and uh, I'd be happy to, to tell you all about it. And that's one of the things I, I really enjoy doing is, is if I can help anybody on a career path, um, even if it's not with one of our portfolio companies, then um, I'm happy to. So uh, feel free to connect with me. Awesome. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Keith your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Find Keith on LinkedIn. We'll link that in the notes of the show. And then check out brightfin.com as well and check out everything they're working on over there. Thanks again, Keith. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.